listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Tonight, uh, night one of this fast, and I pray you guys had a, a powerful uh, day-to-day in prayer, uh, reading the Word of God. Of course, we, we're live all morning, uh, all, all week in the morning, 10.30 a.m., but um, I, I pray today was a powerful day for you to start the fast. Um, by the way, if this is your first time doing any kind of extended fasting, um, the first two to three days are really the speed bump that you have to get over if you're fasting totally, not six to six, but if you're fasting totally for the 21 days, if you can get back past that first two to three days, it's more of a speed bump. Um, the hunger kind of begins to subside, uh, especially if you're, um, you know, being, being kind of careful with what you drink and it gets, it gets better after that. But I wanted to take tonight um, on this on this broadcast to talk about um, what most people never learn about fasting and prayer, what most Christians never learn about fasting and prayer. And then we're going to pray some, and then of course I'll take questions as well. Um, I can see Jess Fitch. I can see your name now. <laughs> You're not just Facebook user anymore. You are now a real person. You're not a bot. Elon Musk doesn't have to take you out. Um, so. I want to deal with that in this in this first night session that we have together during the fast because um, the reason I want to deal with it first is because I believe this is a foundational principle when it comes to fasting, when it comes to uh, staying in that discipline of fasting and understanding the the why behind fasting. You know, um, one of the things that I wrote if you if you had a chance to read this book that I did the uh, Complete Guide to Biblical Fasting uh, that we put out a couple years ago, and then, of course, the 21-Day Fast Field Guide. One of the things I wrote at the very beginning so that people understand, you know, ministers aren't like superhuman, um, I hated fasting. (laughs) I absolutely hated it. I would find reasons to quit. I would justify it with spiritual lingo. I hated to fast. And uh, I write in the book, the reason that I hated the fast was, or hated to fast was because I didn't understand why we fast. I did not understand why we fast. And I referenced a book that really helped me. Uh, It's not even a Christian book, but Simon Sinek wrote a book called Start With Why and explains why the why is the most important thing that you can get to, whether it's your goals, a business plan, whatever it might be. The why is the most important thing because it's what drives you. And uh, I didn't properly understand the why of fasting. And as a result, I hated it because it was just uh, a spiritual religious discipline. Uh, And I didn't understand how to tap into what it really was. And so tonight, um, I want to take this broadcast to kind of teach on uh, what it really is, what it really is and the why behind it. uh, So that if you're in that position, it will help you to understand the power behind why we're doing what we're doing. And um, Letty, I feel the same. She said, eager to see what God does. I'm the, I feel the same way. I'm very excited. I have a lot of expectancy for this year. And I cannot wait to see the testimonies uh, that come out of this time of fasting and prayer and out of this 12 months. 
Lisa is ahead of the curve. I wanted you to put in the comments the why is the most important element. I want you to write that down. And if you're taking notes, I want you to put that in your notes. The why is the most important element. The why is the most important element. So for many people, if you have been taught about fasting at any point in your Christian life, um, a lot of people teach it from the perspective of just spiritual discipline. You know, it, it, you know, and you you hear all these these naturalized uh, phrases that deal with fasting. You know, um, that you know it's just it it just it it just weakens your flesh, and you know, and that's one thing it does do. It does weaken your flesh. Uh, but you hear people talk about it from this uh, natural perspective so much. Well, fasting doesn't change God, and fasting just weakens your flesh and puts you in position to receive. Those things are true. God never changes no matter what you do. Um, and it does weaken your flesh. And that's an important thing uh, that fasting does. But it's not all that it does. And it's not just a spiritual discipline. We're not fasting as monks. We're not fasting as Muslims. We're not fasting uh, as some sort of just religious duty. This is a spiritual transaction. And yes, Mary Beth, we can see your name. And I want you to get this, and please, please put this in the comments. Fasting and prayer are a spiritual transaction. Write it in your notes. Put it in the comments. We have to keep this in front of our faces. We have to keep this in our minds. Fasting and prayer are a spiritual transaction. Fasting and prayer are a spiritual transaction. Um, and the reason I say that is because anything that God commands, he empowers. I've preached that for years, and I know you've probably heard me teach on that. Anything that God commands, he empowers. And I'm in Matthew chapter 14 right now, and um, I wanted to just use this illustration to show you how anytime Christ commands something, he empowers you to do it. It brings about uh, spiritual power to accomplish, meaning it's no longer just a natural action, is it? If you're spiritually empowered, it's a supernatural transaction. If it's an interaction with God, it's a spiritual transaction. So let's read this. Um, of course, they're in a boat. The disciples are in a boat on the water. A storm has hit. And then Jesus comes walking on the water. And the Bible says they thought it was a ghost. And Matthew chapter 14, uh, verse 27 is where I'll start reading. Matthew 14, 27 through 31. Listen to this. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, look at this, command me to come out to you on the water. And all Jesus said was, come. Verse 29, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. And when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him saying, oh, you have little faith, why did you doubt? Notice, and I've taught this for a long time, I don't believe that Peter walked on the water, I believe he walked on the word of God. 
He walked on the word of God. If Jesus had not said come, Peter would have not been empowered to do the impossible. If Jesus had not spoken, then spiritual power and authority would not have been available for Peter to do the impossible. So the principle here is that Christ empowers what he commands. God empowers what he commands. Anything he commands, he empowers. You say, well, what's the story with the laying on of hands? Why do we believe that when we touch people with our hands, we believe for them to be healed of sickness and disease? It's not because of our natural hands. Everybody has, you know, unless you're born with a deformity or have had an accident, everybody that's a human has hands. Sinners have hands. They can lay hands on people all day long and nothing will change. So what's the difference? It is the command to Christians They shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's a command. Is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church who will anoint them with oil and lay their hands upon them and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. The only reason that works is because God commanded it. That's the only reason it works. God empowers what he commands. Only reason it works. And so the same is true with fasting. If prayer and fasting are commanded, and they are, we dealt with that uh, yesterday, we dealt with that last night in the pre-fast checklist, they are commanded, and if they are commanded, then guess what? They're empowered. Why are we able, so, so here's another analogy, why can Muslims pray and not get any answers from Allah, but Christians can pray and get powerful answers from Jesus Christ? The reason is because the prayers of a righteous man avail much, right? Or one translation says the prayers of a righteous man makes much power available. The reason that our prayers can be answered while other religions' prayers are not answered is because we are commanded by the only true and living God to pray. And then he said, I want to answer your prayers. We dealt with that a little bit this morning. So... Whatever God commands, he empowers. Well, one of the things Christ commanded is fasting. He said, They're not fa- my, my disciples are not fasting now because I'm still with them. But when I leave them, then my disciples will fast. They will fast. And I'll tell you something. All of the disciples of Jesus, and I'm talking the early church, took that so seriously, what Jesus said. They took it so seriously that they fasted historically two days every single week. They took that, because, oh, that's not a command. Well, apparently, the early church, the second century church, the third century church, thought it was enough of a command that they engaged in prayer and fasting two days every single week. A hundred days, 104 days of fasting every year for the early church. So they obviously took Christ's words seriously. The apostles did it. The early church did it. The first century, second century. So this is historical obedience to the command of Christ. And if Jesus commanded it, he empowered it. If Jesus commanded it, he empowered it. And when you start to look at fasting from a different perspective, that perspective being, this is not some kind of religious action. This is not some kind of uh, Christian duty. It's not all it is. 
This is not, I use this word, I know a lot of people probably have never heard the word before, but I had to include it in the book because some of the people that push back against Christian fasting say this, that it's just asceticism. So what's asceticism? That is the purposeful uh, beating down of the body for a religious purpose. It's the thing that monks used to do, where anything that the flesh likes, you take it away. So that's why you had celibate monks. And that's why you had monks that w would not allow them to sleep through the night because the body likes sleep and anything the body likes must be evil. So you got to take it away from the body. Body likes sex. So you got to take sex away. The body likes sleep. So you got to take sleep away. The body likes comfort. So you got to take comfort away to the point where they would wear metal uh, wires in their robes to prick against their skin to make their robes purposely uncomfortable because the body likes comfort, so you have to strip the body of comfort. The body likes sleep, so you know what they do in the middle of the night? They'd toll a bell and make everybody wake up and go and have a watch night because you can't be sleeping, the body likes sleep. Uh, you know, and so they would do the same with fasting. Well, the body likes to eat and anything that the flesh likes is evil, so you have to take it away from the flesh. That's what asceticism is, but that's not what we're doing. That's not what we're doing. It's not saying, well, anything the body likes is evil, so food's evil. No, that's not what we're doing. We are emulating the disciplines of our master, Jesus Christ. He fasted and prayed. The apostles fasted and prayed. Through the whole Old Testament, God's people fasted and prayed. Through the New Testament, they fasted and prayed. And, and this is an emulation of our master. You know, if you, if you go to a church, they probably have a discipleship class. And at its very core, what is discipleship? Discipleship is teaching someone how to emulate or to imitate the disciplines of their master. That's what discipleship truly is. It is teaching someone how to imitate the disciplines, there's the root word, of their master. And, uh, and that's what we're doing. We, we want to be like Jesus. We want to pray like Jesus. We want to fast like Jesus. We want to live like Jesus. We want to walk and talk like Jesus. We want to love like Jesus. We want to hate evil like Jesus. We want to minister to the hurting like Jesus. And we look at him as our example. And so that's part of what we're doing. But the fact that he commanded fasting, and, and a Facebook user that's saying the Didache, the Didache, yes, is the uh, the, the document that we have, the extra biblical writings of the apostles that, t that show us they fasted two days a week. And so it was their emulation, their imitation of Jesus. Jesus was a man of fasting and prayer. So they became people of fasting and prayer. And so the moment you start to understand this is not just some natural discipline. This is a supernatural transaction. This is a supernatural transaction. That's what it is. And, and I'll show you this uh, in the scripture. It's really interesting. If you, if you go through the first chapter of the book, Complete Guide to Biblical Fasting, I give you 10 reasons to fast and pray. 10 reasons to fast and pray right at the beginning. Why? Because we're starting with why. Unless people understand why they should do it, they'll never do it. And so we begin the book giving you 10 biblical reasons to fast and pray. But I wanted to point one of those out to you tonight, and it's purpose number seven in the book. 
because I'm making this point that fasting is a supernatural transaction. It's a supernatural transaction, not just normal. It's not just natural. It's supernatural. So I thought fasting was just not eating. Well, that's how you do it, but that's not why you do it. Because the moment Jesus got involved commanding it, he changed what it was. And the Bible even shows us that. And so let me, let me give you this now. Under this purpose number seven, fasting by itself with prayer. We should always fast with prayer, by the way. Um, any fasting that does not include p- prayer is just starvation or it's just it's a hunger strike is all it is. And fasting needs to be always done with prayer. And I, let, me, let me reiterate that because if you find yourself fasting but you're just doing it to be a part of the group and everybody else is doing it, so you think you'll do it. If you're only fasting, but you're not praying, then you need to just eat. If you're only fasting, but you're refusing to pray, then just eat something. They go together. It's fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer. Anytime you see it in scripture, it's fasting and prayer. So uh, when you're fasting and praying, the act of fasting and prayer is actually a form of spiritual worship. It's a form of spiritual worship. I wrote that in the book and I wanted you to see this. And that's, by the way, I'm giving you a secret here because this is not something that people teach about. I can tell you that. I've noticed people started to teach it after I released the book, but I, I never heard that taught. I mean, I've been in church my entire life and I've never heard that aspect taught ever about fasting. I've heard of, I've read books. I've read lots of books on fasting. I've, I've listened to preaching and teaching on fasting, but I never heard anybody come at it from the angle that fasting is a form of spiritual worship, but the Bible clearly teaches that it is clearly teaches that it is. And this is, this is why I said in the, uh, in the book, it's not commonly mentioned, but one of the purposes of fasting is to express love and worship for the Lord. And so I wanted to give you the two passages of scripture that I included um, in the book under this section. Number one is Acts 13. Acts chapter 13 and verse two. That's that's the first place that we can look to see this. Um, The Bible says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. See that? While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. So there you can see that their hunger for God expressed desire. That's why it means so much that we fast and pray. It's actually showing God we have a hunger for you. We have a hunger for your presence. We have a hunger for your power. We have a hunger to do your will. We have concern for the work of the Lord around the earth. What you're doing in the world, we have a concern to see it completed effectively, to make an impact in, the, in this generation before Jesus comes. It shows God you care. I care more about seeking your face than I do eating meals. And Lord, you can see it clearly. And did you know God's actually looking for people like that? It's, I'm so happy that you're a part of the remnant of people that are alive on the earth right now that are not growing cold. Because the Bible says in the last days that many will grow, the hearts of many will grow cold and many will fall away from the faith. Well, I guarantee you this, those people aren't fasting and praying because if your heart's growing cold, you're doing less and less for God. 
These are the people that statistics show us now, they go to church once every five weeks. That's the average. They go to church once every five weeks. You're not that person. That's not who you are. You would not be involved in this time of fasting and prayer. You'd not be signed up. You'd not be pushing away the plate. You'd not be seeking the face of God in prayer and reading his word if you were growing cold, if you were about to fall away from the faith. So I thank God for you right up front because the fact that we've got a thousand people and there's many, many more around the world, but we've got a thousand people that just filled out the form to say, I'm joining you to be a part of fasting and prayer for 21 days. Let me just commend you right off the bat and say, praise God for you. Thank God for you that you're on fire, that you're hungry, that you're pressing in. Let me tell you something. God's looking for people just like you. God's looking for people just like you. And you know how I know that? Because the Bible says it. The Bible says it. Second Chronicles 16 and verse 9. Let me, let me take you there and read that passage to you because it shows you God is looking for people just like you. 2 Chronicles 16.9 For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. Do you see that? Thank you, Jenna. I'm glad you're here. Look at that. The eyes of the Lord are searching the whole earth. What For what? For people whose heart is blameless toward him. What's he going to do? Give them strong support. Let me tell you, things change quickly when God gives you strong support. <laughs> if God is supporting you strongly, because let me tell you what Paul said. If God is for you, tell me who can be against you. If God is for you, tell me who can be against you. So God's eyes are actively looking for people just like you. That, that'll make you shout that when you are seeking the face of God, when you're going after God's presence, let me tell you, his eyes find you. He's looking for faithful, hungry people. That's right, Timothy. Tim Dearman's on. Things change quickly when God gives you strong support. You know, people think about the government supporting you. People think about a stimulus check. People think about healthcare, Medicare. People think about a corporation supporting you. They think about retirement programs. People think about the culture supporting you. Let me tell you, it's a whole different ball game when God gives you strong support. Whole different ball game. And that's gonna be our story throughout all of 2023. And we're gonna keep quoting Psalm 118 and we're gonna keep on declaring it that this is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. Hallelujah. This is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. That's, that's going to be our story. That when people see what God's doing in our lives, our ministries, our families, they're going to look and say, man, that, that's God. That's God. God did. They're, they're going to say, that's God. God did it. And it's marvelous in our eyes. It's a, it, one translation, I keep saying this, one translation, it is marvelous to behold. It's marvelous to look at. Well, what does that mean? Let's break that word down because we say it so often. But something that's marvelous means it's a marvel. It, it's, it produces, it's a marvel. 
You, you understand what that means? It's a marvel. Like, you look at it and can barely believe it's real. Man, that's, that's a marvel. It's marvelous. And when I see it, I can't, you, you see something you're like, I can't even believe my, I can't believe my eyes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's marvelous. I saw a video one time of a guy on YouTube that was trying to show everybody how powerful he, uh, his, his leg strength was before he went to, to the NFL combine. And he got in a pool and here's a dude, he just bent down in the water and jumped and literally with water up to his shoulders bending down, he jumped up and out of the pool and landed on the deck. That's serious leg strength. That video ended up going viral on YouTube. Well, why, why did that video go viral? Because when you see something like that, you're like, bro, that can't even be real. I gotta show some people this. And you know what happens? You ever found a video like that? When something, you see something, maybe online, you're like, man, that's crazy. I gotta show some people this. That, that, that can't even be real. It's just marvel. It's like, it's crazy to behold. That's what I'm talking about. When people see what God is getting ready to do in your life, they'll have to share it with somebody else. So you're not gonna believe, have you seen? Have you heard what's happening with them? Have you heard what God did? It's unbelievable. That's right, it produces awe and wonder, Madison. That's exactly right. Produces awe and wonder. Like, man, it's, it's the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. We're going to say that all year long, and that's going to be our story all year long. It's the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. People say, I can't believe my eyes. Well, that's the unbelievers. <laughs> that's why they can't believe it. They didn't have faith for it. But it's going to be your story in Jesus' name. So God's eyes are looking for people like you. But then look at this. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, you know this verse of scripture, I'm sure, very well. I'm sure you have it memorized. But in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says this in the sixth verse. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists. But what else do they have to believe? that he rewards those who seek him. He rewards those who seek him. Well, what are you doing right now? You're seeking him. There, there couldn't be a clearer picture of the fact that you're seeking him right now. There's nothing clear. When somebody's fasting and praying, in fact, it's interesting to me because um, I was reading Matthew chapter six today in our, in our reading. Today's reading was Matthew chapters 1 through 11, and uh, we're posting that every day in the private Facebook group, but I was reading Matthew chapter 6, Jesus touches on three subjects in that chapter. What are they? Prayer, fasting, and giving. Prayer, fasting, and giving. Those three areas right there, you can't fake them. I mean, you, you just can't fake them. And they are clear pictures of that you are actively seeking the presence of God. No question. You can't fake giving. You're either a giver or you're not. You can't fake fasting. <laughs> you're either fasting. There's no way you can fake a 40-day fast. Be like, yeah, I just finished fasting 40 days. How come you gained 20 pounds? Well, you know, it doesn't work the same for everybody. No, I have a thyroid issue. <laughs> you can't fake. You can't fake fasting. And you can't fake prayer. These three things show... And Jesus taught on them in order in that chapter. And he said this, not if you fast, if you pray, if you give. Jesus used this terminology, 
when you pray, when you fast, when you give. Shows you it's his expectation for you. But let me tell you, when you engage in those three things, there's no clearer picture that you're seeking the face of God. Well, let's, let's break that down for a second before I give you the second scripture and then we pray. Because why is that the case? Let's ask the question. Why is that the case that there's no clearer picture that you're seeking God than prayer, fasting, and giving? Well, let's, let's, talk, let's talk about it. Number one, prayer. When you pray, what you're saying is, I cannot do what needs to be done on my own. So it really, you know what it is? It's the opposite of humanism. It's the opposite of self-reliance. It's God-reliance. It's saying, God, I can't do what needs to be done in my own strength, in my own power. I can't do it. I need your help. I need your assistance. I don't put my trust in men. I don't put my trust in the government. I don't put my trust in my job, my corporation. I don't put my trust in the culture. I don't even put my trust in family members. I, I, don't, I do not put my trust in family. You know who I put my trust in? The Lord God Almighty. The Lord God Almighty. So that's prayer. Prayer is saying, Lord, I need your help. I need your help. Jenna said, what's the base of the fast? No, for, We're doing 21 days, Jenna. 21 days of fasting and prayer. And some people are fasting from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day. Some of us are fasting food for the entire 21 days and just drinking liquids, but we're pressing in. What are we saying? God, we need your help. We need your assistance. We need your power. We need your intervention. And then of course, when you fast and pray, that's a whole nother level. When you add fasting to your prayer, it shows God that there's an urgency, shows God there's an urgency to what you're doing. Because you can't do it forever, I can tell you that. You can't fast forever. So if, there, if there's a space of time that you are fasting and praying, you are saying to God, Lord, there's an urgency to my seeking you. There's an urgency to my seeking you. This is not normal. I'm pressing in. What are we doing really? Consecrating the first part of our year and giving it to God. I'm giving, I want the first Think of it this way. Think of it as a, uh, a first fruits offering of your life, not just financially. I already, I already sowed my first fruits uh, financial offering. I already did that on New Year's Eve, and it's the largest one we've ever given. But this is from my body. This is from my life. I, I'm not just giving the, God the first and best of my finances. I'm giving God the first and best of my life for the year. And saying, Lord, I'm starting this year in consecration. I'm starting this year giving my life to you. And when God sees that you're not just praying, you're fasting. You know, there's nothing that buffets the body harder than fasting. Nothing. And when I say fasting, I'm using the, the biblical term fasting, not eating food. I don't mean stopping video games for 10 days. I don't mean putting down your cell phone, although you, you can do that to, to not distract yourself, but true fasting is not eating food. Let me tell you, nothing puts your flesh under faster and more thoroughly than biblical fasting. And Paul said this, because you know, Paul really understood the, the, the war between the flesh and the spirit. Paul, the apostle, understood that, man. He said it in Galatians 5, 
verse 17. He said the, the flesh, it, it constantly uh, wars or is at war with the spirit. They fight against each other. Your spirit and your flesh fight against each other. So what did Paul say in 1 Corinthians chapter 9? He said this, I, on a daily basis, I put my body under. I buffet my body, making it do what it should. Doesn't, isn't that interesting to you that Paul spoke about his body like it wasn't really him? He said, I put my body under. Who's the I? The I is his spirit man. I put my body under on a daily basis. Because the body doesn't want to put itself under. I can, I can guarantee you this. Anybody that's been fasting today, if you asked your flesh, do you want to eat tonight or do you want to continue for 20 more days? Your flesh say, let's eat. We're good. Bring out the whole ocean. We, 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 your body would say, let's eat tonight. I used to do that when I didn't understand the why. I said, I feel like we've given God everything we need to give him. I feel a release in my spirit. You know, and then I'd head for a drive through If your flesh had the choice, your flesh would eat tonight. So who's the I? The I is your spirit man that wants to please God, that wants to please God. And so that's why it's so vital that you take control. It shows God there's an urgency. I'm seeking you with urgency and believing you for breakthroughs, believing you for transformation. That's what I'm believing for. And then giving. That's, that's the other thing. Not just prayer and fasting, but giving. You can't fake it. Can't fake it. Because when you are giving, <laughs> you know what that says to God? Lord, I believe, no matter what the economy looks like, no matter what my job looks like, no matter any of that stuff, I believe that your system of sowing and reaping is not only in full effect, but I believe that you will do what your word said you will do that you will give seed to the sower and that you will give bread to the eater and that you will multiply the seed sown and that harvests will come back. For your word declares in Galatians chapter six that whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap and we'll not grow weary in doing good because in due season we will reap if we faint not. So I'm gonna tell you something. Fasting, prayer, and giving, you can't fake them, but they are signs to God of a pure and urgent seeking of his face. And let me tell you what God says he would do in Hebrews eleven six. He rewards those. He rewards those that diligently seek him. Hallelujah. He rewards those that diligently seek him. That's you and that's me. I want you to type it by faith in the comments right now. I will be rewarded for my faithfulness. Because the devil will try to talk you out of it. Is it really changing anything what you're doing? Have you really seen anything change? I mean, no, no, no. I will be rewarded for my faithfulness. Bible's clear on that. The Bible's very clear on that. I will be rewarded. Thank you for that seed, Facebook user. I will be rewarded for my faithfulness. Bible's clear. God doesn't let your faithfulness go unnoticed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God does not let your faithfulness go unnoticed. What we're doing right now is a supernatural transaction. And God will not allow you to seek his face and diligently come after him, get in his presence, pray, fast, give, 
and then let it go unnoticed. The Bible is so clear on that. In fact, before I give you that last verse and we pray, let me go back to Malachi 3. And believe it or not, there's something in there other than, other than tithing. But look at this, Malachi chapter 3, verse 16. Listen to this. Then those who feared the Lord, that's you, spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. So there is a book of remembrance, by the way. And they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my treasured possession, and I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. Then, once more, you'll see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. So there's a book of remembrance. Your name is in it. Your name is in it. And God's going to make sure there's a divine distinction between your life and those who discard his word, discard his power, his name, his ability, his integrity. There, you will look different than the world. You know why? God's written your name in the book of remembrance and he's going to make a distinction and people will see there's a difference between people who serve God and people who don't serve him. You know why? This is a supernatural transaction. Well, uh, I hear people say stuff all the time. I don't pray because I want God to do anything for me. I pray because I should. I don't give because I want anything back. I give just because I love it. Well, then stop contradicting God's word because he actually told you to give with the expectation of receiving back. That's what the whole seed time and harvest is based on. Those things sound holy, they sound pious, but they're contradictory to the mighty word of God. That's why I don't say them, and I don't live that way. If God said that if I'll be faithful to him, he'll bless me back, then I expect him to do what he said. I simply expect him to do what he said. That's it, nothing more, nothing less. And he's a God that keeps his word. He's a God whose integrity is intact. Amen. And then, as we're talking about this, that fasting and prayer, it's a supernatural transaction. Listen to this. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verses 36 and 37, there was a prophetess named Anna. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping, look at that, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. She wasn't worshiping in song. She wasn't worshiping in dance. She was worshiping in fasting and prayer. So, so you see this in the word. Fasting and prayer are a form of spiritual worship. Powerful form. A powerful form. Notice, and, and I do want you to, I do want you to hear this. Doesn't it blow your mind? Isn't it interesting to you that the very first thing that the Holy Spirit led Jesus to do when he got filled with the Holy Ghost is to fast and pray. Doesn't that blow your mind? The very first thing that God led Jesus to do when he got filled with the Holy Ghost was to fast and pray. Not to heal the sick, not to preach the gospel, not to raise the dead, not to make disciples, to fast and pray. That shows you it was priority number one, Luke chapter four. 
It was priority number one. It's mind-blowing. Because Jesus, could, he was, now he had the power of the Holy Spirit. He could have healed the sick. He could have raised the dead. He could have cast out demons. He could have made disciples. He could have preached the truth. He did not. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, led him into the wilderness to fast and pray, which he did for 40 days. Powerful thought, man. Shows you how God views consecration, fasting, and prayer. And so I wanted you to hear this first tonight before we, we're going to spend some time praying here at the end of this broadcast, but I want you to hear me. What you're doing is not normal. What you're doing uh, is not just a spiritual discipline. What you're doing is not just a religious action. You are now engaged in a supernatural transaction that provokes God's favor. It prov- I wrote that as the, as the subtitle of the book, Master the Habit that Provokes God's Favor. I know there's anti-supernatural people that watch. It's like, well, these guys think they can provoke God's favor with fast. Yes. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And that's th- throughout the Old and New Testament. It's throughout the Old and New Testament. That's why I teach on it. But let me tell you, you're now engaged in, in a spiritual transaction that provokes God's favor. Don't be surprised when the breakthrough hits. Don't be surprised when transformation begins. Don't be surprised when other people who decided it was more important to be at Chipotle for the first 21 days of the year, that they, they don't get the miracle they were believing for and you get yours. You know, it always blows my mind that we're here pressing into God and you've got Christians. They all know we're fasting and praying. There's people fasting and praying all over this nation and other nations. The largest Pentecostal denominations in the world are fasting and praying right now. And you've got Christians that are, you know, posting their duck donuts on Facebook from January 1st through the 21st. It's like, what are you doing? At least if you're going to just neglect what everybody's doing and and neglect to seek God for the beginning of the year, at least don't post your lack of uh, uh, seeking God on, on your Instagram and Facebook. Press in. This is, not, this is no joke. We're coming to the end of time. Jesus is coming. There's work to be done. We need to be in position. We need to be consecrated, set apart, ready to do the work of the ministry. The harvest is plenteous. The laborers are few. What are we doing? We're consecrating ourselves for the use of the Lord. Hallelujah. For the use of God. God's going to use us mightily in this year. Amen. That's right, Caitlin. You're in position for a transaction for a transformation. You're exactly right. I know. Sorry, sorry to say duck donuts and trigger everybody in the comments. People are now, people are now just plugging their ears and speaking in tongues. But, you know, it's what we're believing God for. And you're going to have it in Jesus' name. It will be yours. Your faithfulness is going to be rewarded by God. I want to I take some time here. We're at the, the, the end of this hour. But Uh, maybe you're new to fasting and prayer and you've never prayed with prayer points before. At the end of this book, we've included prayer points. In this book, we've included prayer points. And I believe in our app, we have prayer points. Is that correct, Tiff? In our app, we have prayer points. So if you go to the Miracle Word app, there's prayer points available in there for you to download. But uh, you say, what's a prayer point? And we use them throughout our time of fasting and prayer. Um, It is... Prayers that are based upon scripture. That's why we give you the prayer point, which is a focused prayer with the scripture reference included. Because we want you to understand God honors his word. 
In fact, the, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 138 that God has magnified his word above his name. So all he honors is his word. He's confined to the parameters of his word. So we use his word when we pray and God honors that word. And so as we pray, you're going to hear me mention some of these prayer points. And I want you, listen, this is the time I want you to press in with me right now in prayer. As we get ready to pray on this broadcast, I want you to press in. Maybe pray in the spirit, pray in your known language, but we're going to, we're going to pray and I'm going to show you, I'll use the, the first few of these in the book and then I'll continue to pray. But let me show you uh, what they are. For example, Lamentations chapter three, verses 22 and 23, that the Bible says his mercies are new every morning and his faithfulness is great. We start by thanking God. So father, we thank you tonight that your mercies are new every morning. We thank you, Lord, that your faithfulness is great toward us. We thank you that your word declares that you will give us every day our daily bread. So we thank you, Lord, that not only today, but every day of our life, there's fresh bread from the Holy Spirit available to us. We thank you that the word of God is the bread of heaven. And so, Lord, we thank you that as we ingest the mighty word of God, as the writer of Proverbs said, that it will be health and healing and strength to our flesh. And so, Lord, we thank you that as we're fasting and praying, your word declares in Isaiah 58 that as we fast and pray, that our healing will spring forth speedily. So now I pray for all those that are uh, watching the broadcast, whether live or on the replay. I pray for those that need a touch in their physical body. Lord, as we're fasting and praying and seeking your face, I thank you now that our healing will spring forth speedily in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, whatever it was that has tried to harass their body, if it's sickness or disease, we take authority over it tonight in the mighty name of Jesus, commanded to loose its grip and let God's people go in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Vision problems, hearing problems, issues with the organs, problems in the blood, we command it to cease and desist in Jesus' name and to run from God's people. Father, we ask you, let healing virtue flow through their bodies tonight in Jesus' name. Your word declares, even for your Old Testament people, that you are the God that heals us. You're the great physician. You are Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals us. And so, Father, we thank you for our healing covenant. We thank you, Lord, that whatever was harassing your people, it is coming to an end quickly in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you. Your word declares in the Psalm 68, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. And so, Lord, we, uh, we align ourselves with your words and, I, and we declare it in Jesus' name that every enemy of your people is scattering from them even during this fast in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that depression that tried to set in, anxiety that tried to set in, spirits of fear, suicidal thoughts, they are fleeing from your people in Jesus' mighty name. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. We thank you sickness is running from them. Disease is running from them. We thank you, Lord, issues in relationship, marriage and with children running from their home. Wickedness running from their home. Calamity running from their home in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, we thank you. We pray now for Ariel. 
sick in the hospital, six years old, stomach problems. Doctors don't know how to help her, but you're the great physician, Lord. So, Lord, we send healing virtue to her now in the hospital. We take authority over these stomach issues. I command it to loose its grip on her and let her go in Jesus' mighty name. For Dawn's roommate, for those that are writing in prayer requests, touch them tonight by your power, Lord. We thank you. You're the only one that can do these things. You get the glory. You get the honor. It's not for anybody else. It's reserved only for you, the great physician. We thank you, Lord. Enemies are running from us in 2023. Lord, I pray for those that are uh, doing the work of God throughout the kingdom, around the world, and in the United States of America. Lord, every enemy that has risen up against the work that you have ordained around the world, I pray that every attack that's come against the work of God comes quickly to an end. Lord, blow your breath from heaven and destroy every plot and plan of the enemy against the church of the living God in 2023. Every wicked force that was sent to hinder the work of the gospel, that was sent to hinder the work of the church, Lord, I pray it would be destroyed and exposed and torn down in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you that your word declares in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4 that the greater one is alive on the inside of us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, greater than the spirit of Antichrist that's gone out into the world. And we thank you, Lord, that that Antichrist spirit cannot stop the church, cannot stop the work of the church. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that every Antichrist plot and plan, even being formulated by demonically inspired men and women behind the scenes, whether they're in government or some form of uh, corporate planning, I don't care what it is whether it be in governments of nations, the World Economic Forum, I don't care what form it takes. We take authority over every Antichrist plot and plan in the name of Jesus Christ. You will not hinder the work of the Lord. You'll not hinder the work of the church. For God has given us dominion over every wicked spirit that operates. We are far above it, seated in heavenly places, and every wicked thing is under our feet in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So tonight we declare, whatever was trying to tear down the work of God from last year and before, it comes to an end in 2023. And we thank you, Lord, that your work will flourish throughout the earth. For Jesus declared, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it in Jesus' name. The gates of hell will not prevail against the building of the church in Jesus' mighty name. And so, Lord, tonight we take authority over every one of those things. Lord, until you have given the command, until the trumpet sounds, the spirit of Antichrist cannot take over in this world. But we thank you that you're throwing a wrench in the works and destroying everything that was formulated, destroying everything that was planned. We thank you that you've already done that. 
We thank you for 2022, a year of breakthroughs and turnarounds, a year of divine possession, that we took possession of what was ours. We thank you, Lord, that turnarounds took place. We thank you for the overturning of Roe versus Wade. We thank you for every turnaround and breakthrough that took place. We thank you, Lord, there was no digital passport. There was no vaccine passport. We thank you, Lord, that they couldn't shut our nation down. We thank you, Lord, they couldn't destroy our nation, couldn't destroy the church in our nation. We thank you that the remnant is alive and well and that churches are flourishing and growing like never before. We thank you that properties are coming into our hands. We thank you that buildings are coming into our hands. We thank you that land is coming into our hands. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the work of God will flourish in Jesus' name. And there's nothing that the Antichrist spirit can do to stop the mighty work of your hands, Lord. And so we give you praise for that. For the word of God declares that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth is the Lord's. It's not the devil's. It's not, it doesn't belong to demons. It doesn't belong to fallen angels. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And he's given us dominion. And so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that we will take possession and run with transformation in 2023. We have what you said is ours, and we will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. We thank you, Lord, that revival is sweeping through America and the nations of the world in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask you to blow that mighty breath from heaven. Blow that breath one more time and let our nation be shaken by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let souls come into the kingdom in Jesus' mighty name. I pray that this would be a year that souls would come in at an expedited rate, that we would see souls come from every direction. In fact, Lord, we ask you, as you blew quail in from every direction for the people of Israel in the Old Testament who were wandering through the wilderness because they needed meat to eat, you blew your breath and quail were blown in to feed millions of people. Blow that same breath, but blow souls in from every direction, the north, south, east, and west, to hear the gospel and to be changed and discipled by the power of God. Let this be the year that our unsaved family members come into the kingdom in Jesus' name. The ones we've been praying for, the ones we've been believing for, let this be the year that they come into the kingdom. Lord, whatever demonic force and lie has uh, obscured their vision, that has deceived them, we take authority over that in Jesus' name. We command that power to be broken by the power of the Holy Ghost. And we ask you, Lord, let it be a year that our family is quickly saved, that we can declare, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray unsaved uh, sons and daughters, unsaved husbands and wives, unsaved sisters and brothers, unsaved mothers and fathers, quickly come into the kingdom in Jesus' name. Lord, whatever direction that people with an antichrist agenda, a globalist agenda, thought that they were going to take this nation or other nations, I pray, Lord, that you would cause every plan to fail and fail quickly. I pray, as you did many times throughout the word of God, 
that you would expose corruption in leadership positions by the power of your Holy Spirit, governmental positions. I pray in Jesus' name, expose the corruption and bring it into the light. And then I pray that you would, uh, by the power of your spirit, vindicate your people and things that were trying to be held back from the people of God. Release them by the power of your spirit. Your word declares in the book of Proverbs that whatever the thief is found, whenever the thief is found, he must pay back seven times what he stole. And so, Lord, let the thief be discovered, uncovered, exposed in Jesus' name. And whatever it is that the enemy has been trying to hold back from the church, from the people of God individually, let it be repaid seven times over in 2023 in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, for those, their minds have been harassed. Their minds have been harassed month after month after month. We declare that comes to an end this during this fast in Jesus' mighty name. Before this 21 days comes to an end, depression ends, anxiety ends, suicidal thoughts end, people that have been cutting themselves, it comes to an end. That torment will not stay in Jesus' name. That torment will not stay in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray now, those of us, those that have been joining us, the Victory Tribe, those that have been standing with us, we pray for Miracle Word Church in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that as you specifically and clearly spoke to us to launch Miracle Word Church, we thank you that it will quickly launch. We thank you that the property, the perfect property that you have set aside for us is coming quickly into our hand in Jesus' name. We thank you that the doors are swinging open and that you're making the crooked places straight and that the church will launch with momentum and force and souls will be saved and miracles will take place and revival will hit West Palm Beach by the power of the Holy Ghost in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for that. We thank you that Miracle Word Church will be a church of wonders, a church of signs. We thank you, Lord, that there will be many turnaround stories by the power of your spirit. We give you praise ahead of time for what you're getting ready to do through this church that you have ordained, that you called, you set apart. We're your servants. We're doing what you've asked us to do. And we thank you that your force, your power is behind it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And so we thank you, Lord. Now I pray. There are many, Lord, who have made up in their hearts, they've made up in their minds that you've spoken to them to move to West Palm Beach to be a part of Miracle Word Church. And so, Lord, now I pray, even for those that it looks like it might be impossible, it might be hard. You say, I don't know how it's going to happen. I pray for those. You've already spoken to them. You've already given them a word. You've put that a desire in their heart to be a part of Miracle Word Church. I pray that you would open the doors for them supernaturally. I pray that properties would become available for them. I pray in Jesus' name, homes, apartments, whatever they're believing for, condos, would become available for them. I pray that the finances would become available for them to make the move possible because you've spoken to them to attach themselves to this vision. And so, Lord, if you ordained it, then make a, make a way supernaturally. 
that the finances become available, that the open doors uh, quickly come, that the properties quickly come, that the jobs and the career quickly come to pass for the people that you've spoken to in Jesus' name. For you're building an army in South Florida so that revival will shake this state in the name of Jesus Christ. And so we align ourselves with your will, with your plan in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, I ask you to do it by your favor, do it by your power, and make a way for all those that have made up their mind, they're going to be a part. And I thank you, Lord, that every one of them will have a testimony of how you did it supernaturally. Every one of them will have a testimony of how you opened the doors how you provided the finances, how you made the properties available, how you caused favor after favor and blessing after blessing in Jesus' mighty name. And so, Lord, we thank you. And I thank you, Lord, that you're bringing the right people and attaching them to this ministry. I thank you that you've already begun to do that and that you continue to do it. Those that are on fire, we thank you, Lord, you're not attaching any lackadaisical people to Miracle Word Church. You're not attaching any of those that don't have a hunger. And Lord, if they do come in that way, they'll immediately receive an impartation of fire and a hunger for your spirit, a hunger for your word, a hunger for the moving of your spirit in Jesus' name. Lord, give us souls. Give us souls in the name of Jesus Christ. You said in your word that the harvest was plenteous. It was white and ready to harvest but the laborers were few. Well, Lord, we are your laborers and we will reap that harvest. Make a way for us supernaturally in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray your word declares this in James chapter one. If anyone lacks wisdom, let them ask of God who gives to all men liberally and will not rebuke them for asking. So Lord, this year, we're asking you to give every one of us supernatural wisdom even for many of us, wisdom beyond our years, wisdom that comes from heaven. And your word declares that you would give us wisdom and you'd never rebuke us for asking for wisdom. So Lord, let this be a year that you give us divine wisdom to make every right move, that you give us divine insight, leading by your spirit. We thank you that we clearly hear your voice and a stranger's we would not follow. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so we clearly hear your voice this year. We thank you, Lord, for supernatural direction. We thank you for God ideas, things we could have never thought of on our own, things that you deposited into our spirit. And we will have divine wisdom and we'll operate in divine wisdom throughout all of 2023. People say, how'd you think of that? Where'd that idea come from? How'd you get that? And it'll be clear that it was from the Lord. Let us hear your voice, God. Give us that divine wisdom in Jesus' mighty name. By the power of your spirit, strengthen us. We thank you that you're keeping us. I'm not asking you just, Lord, to heal people, but keep us. Keep us from sickness. Keep us from disease. Keep us from heaviness. Keep us from depression. Keep us from falling out of your will in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Put a hedge of protection around your people around our children, around our grandchildren. They will not be destroyed by the works of the devil. They'll not be destroyed by the attacks of the enemy in Jesus' name. They'll not be found in calamity. They'll not be found in accident. They'll not be found in a place 
uh, of danger, but you're protecting our children and grandchildren in the mighty name of Jesus. They will be, I pray this for our kids, let them be filled with the Holy Spirit at the earliest possible age in Jesus' mighty name, filled to overflowing with a hunger for your word and a love for God in Jesus' wonderful name. We thank you for that. We give you praise for it tonight in Jesus' wonderful name, powerful name, matchless name, the name that's above every name. We call it done. Your word declares, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. And so, Lord, we thank you that as you answer our prayers, and they're coming quickly as we fast and pray, that we'll be filled with joy as our prayers are answered. We thank you that your word declares in 1 Peter 3.12 that your eyes are upon the righteous and your ears are open to their prayers. And so, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that your eyes are upon us and your ears are open to the prayers that we pray and that answers are quickly coming in Jesus' name. Answers are quickly coming. We thank you and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. If you believe it, throw some hands up in the comment section. Shout an amen where you are. If you feel like running around your house, if you feel like dancing, now's the time. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.